This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he plants one. Way back. Go! It's one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Yes, it is A's Cast Live, and we've got a fantastic show once again. Keenan Long from Long Ball Labs. This guy's a scientist who's helping hitters with their bats because no two bats are the same. Eno Saris discovered this in The Athletic, and now we're going to have Keenan on. He is the guy that helped Jed Lowry this past offseason with his bats. It's fascinating. We just did the interview. Uh, He's a really smart guy. He's one of those Northwestern and the other school that he went to, I'd never even heard of, but it's one of those you got to be really, really smart to get into. I mean, it's no San Jose State or Cal U, Cal U of Pennsylvania, but uh, he's one of these smart guys. He's going to be here at 415. Dave Feldman, we're going to play a little family feud today. Uh, baseball cliches at 430. And then Matt Chapman, your third baseman, who is red freaking hot right now, will be here at 5 o'clock. So a very, very good show. Commander, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. You're right about Matt Chapman. Uh, We were talking about how he didn't have a home run since May 5th. Well, he's had two in the last two games. So uh, keep swinging the bat well, kid. Um, I mean, the the last seven days, Matt Chapman, 364, two homers, six RBIs, over 1,000. It's actually... 1.189 1.189 or 1,189 OPS with only six strikeouts and 22 bats. So the strikeouts are cutting down. The home, the power's back. Average is up. So it's good to see. It's good to see that the the, uh, the power's coming back. He looks healthy. The defense is there. It's a good sign for the A's because uh, Matt Olson can't carry the offense every single game. Well, um, that's one thing I want to start out with today. Folks, get on your computer. Do whatever you have to do. And start voting Matt Olson and Mark Canna for the All-Star game. I mean, come on. Matt Olson, the last 12 games, is hitting 432, 10 extra base hits, 15 RBIs. I mean, you look at his numbers. These are All-Star numbers, and he's gotten zero votes. You wonder, you know, uh, I don't know where he is, but he's not I in do. the top five. I know where he's at. Shana Rubo, Shana Rubo on the Mercury it? News put it out. So here's the top seven in the AL. Now, now, I want you to know he's hitting 289, 18 home runs, 47 RBIs. He's okay. having an incredible, incredible year. So here you go. One is Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's having a nice little year. 
Okay, uh, I, I'm cool with that. Uh, Jose Abreu. Come on. Uh, Yuli Gurriel. Oh. He, uh, he leads the league in hitting. Oh. Uh, Jared Walsh, who we're going to see tonight. Trey Mancini, great story, but, I mean, he has a lot of RBI, but that's really about it. Oh, you can't, you can't, you, you can't. Uh, uh, G-Man Choi, who just got activated off the injured list today for the race. Rays fans are outvoting yeah, us. By only about 2,000 votes. And then it's Matt Olson. It's seven. By the way, who has a 984 OPS. Yeah. A 980. Can, can we? So when I go on to MLB.com, see, you know what I miss? I miss the days when I was a little kid and you would only be able to vote at the ballpark. And, you know, do you, do, do you remember the ballots that they would give you and you'd have to, have to poke the holes? Yeah. Oh, and I love the way they smelled. And the ushers would give you like 40 and you just sit there as a kid at the game and and just pick all whether you're picking all like like say you pick all A's or you're trying to be legit and you know you're going to pick George Brett and you're going to pick Cal Ripken, you know, Tony Gwynn and Kirby Puckett, you know. I miss those days. I I miss giving me all those ballots and sitting there for 9 innings and just I would vote for all my guys, then I vote for players around. But that was when voting was voting. If I go to athletics.com/vote now, how does it work? I'd have to go and do it. I haven't voted for the All-Star Game yet. But it's, it's based off Google. So you go on and vote. I think you can vote as many times as you want. So we need to push that for A's fans to go vote because we need to – I mean, Matt Olson's seventh. He only has 59,536 votes at first base. Now, first base is stacked. We know that because of the year that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having, Yuri, Yuli Gloriel, how we met with the Astros. Somehow, by the way, the Astros are ranked above the A's in power rankings when the Astros are in second place in their own, their own division. But yet, I, I will never understand how power rankings work. Um, it's something that I'll never, ever understand how they well, do power Well, there's rankings. a bias. It's a certain writer who has a bias. Well, MLB.com has like eight different writers who voted on it. You'll never guess who the number one team in the power rankings is, though. And overall, overall? Overall, overall, overall. You'll be shocked. Second week in a row, it's the same team. Padres. Nope. It's an American League team. Chicago. Nope. Not Chicago. The Rays? The Rays. The Rays are number one. They play in a terrible division. Well, well uh, i got a good buying or selling question for you. It has to do with the baby Jays. Okay, so I'm voting as we speak. So first baseman, select one player per league. All right? I voted for Matt Olson. I get it now. So you get to vote one guy. But I have the feeling I can go back and vote over and over and over and over yeah, and over again. Yeah. And our man Marcus Simeon, by the way, can you, you know. He's having a great year. Well, y you get a country behind you. See, that is the difference <laughs> about playing in Canada. And we saw that with Josh Donaldson, who got a record amount of votes, not saying J.D. wasn't worthy, but when all of Canada is voting for you, not just your town's voting for you and people going, oh, Josh Donaldson's a really good player. He had all of Canada. So right now, Marcus Simeon, I bet Blue Jay fans are through the moon. And if if you're – I mean, the whole country's a Blue Jay fan. It's the only team they got. Well, let's see. He's hitting 295, I think. He has 15 homers. Uh, the RBI, now people are going to complain. He only has 30 RBI. He, he hits – I think he hits leadoff for them still. But still, he's 15 homers. The Jays hit eight home runs yesterday against the – when they blew out the uh, Red Sox 18-4. to Marcus is having a great year for the – the, the baby Jays, they have like, I think, so Vlad and Marcus lead in their, at their respective positions in all-star voting. And then you have um, Bo Bichette's in second at shortstop. And then they have like three of their outfielders in the top ten, or two of their outfielders in the top ten. So a bunch of their guys, and they're the third-place team in the AL East. 
The A's are leading the AL or the AL West, and they we can't get a guy in. Well, like I just said, they have a whole country behind them. I mean, think about why Yankees always get voted in. Look how big their fan base. Look how big, you know. Boston is just not. See, here, here's the problem for a place like Oakland is you'll have A's fans say, this is not a small market. This is the Bay Area. Okay. The difference is you have all of New England when you're the Red Sox. All of New England. And all the way there's that point, that midpoint down to Connecticut where there's that uh, invisible line that north is Red Sox fans and everything south is Yankees. But the majority of people in the United States of America live on the eastern seaboard. There's as, as big as California is, there's more people in the east, and especially the northeast. That's where our country started, right? So that means they've got more people to vote then we have, like, our base, which is Alameda County. And as you go out towards the valley, you know, our, uh, you know, we got a lot of fans in places like Stockton and Sacramento and Modesto and Fresno. But we don't have the amount of votes that, let's say, think about all the people in Southern California. Think how many people are Dodger fans in Southern California. And I'm just not talking about L.A. and L.A. County. The biggest county, you know what the biggest county is? In the great state of California? Yeah, San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Inland Empire, San Bernardino. It's yeah. the largest county. They're all Dodger fans. Don't, don't think I don't know California geography, just because I wasn't born here. Uh, just checking. I know my map. Just check. But, I mean, that means you got – and that, and I can tell you for what, what the Padres' complaint has been all these years. The Padres' complaint, is, and, it, and it's a legit one, it was the same thing for the Chargers, is – so there you got San Diego, which is the eighth largest city in the country. It's a major city. But to the north, you got the Dodgers and the Angels and Camp Pendleton. To the east is the desert. There's nothing out there. To the south is Mexico. And what's west? The ocean. The Pacific Ocean. So they're really boxed in. So that's what's different than, like, let's say the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are so popular. Well, back in the day... You know, there were no teams in Texas. I mean, they were the team of the Midwest. There was no Kansas City Royals. There was no Philadelphia Athletics. And that's why even to this day, there are still a lot of Cardinal fans in Texas and all through the Midwest. St. Louis St. Louis was the at one point, you know, before the Dodgers and the Giants moved out here in, what was that, 58? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So before they moved out here, the, the most West team was the St. Louis Cardinals. That's why, you, you know, talk to somebody like Ray Fossey, who's from Marion, Marion, Illinois. I mean, everybody in the Midwest grew up Stan Musial fans. So the All-Star game really is about, A, are you a super popular player? Like, are you like Cal Ripken Jr. to where everybody loves you and everybody's going to vote for you? Or how big is your fan base? And is your fan base going to get out and vote? And I had the question... And I figured out my answer. I came in. I said, who's the last A to be voted into the All-Star game? And I do have my answer. It was 2014. Josh Donaldson okay, yeah. was voted in as the third base. There haven't been a lot. I mean. Because there's what? Seven, if you include Samarja, but he came over in a that's trade. A, no, I'm talking was, about voted yeah, in. Yeah, but there, we, the A's had, what, six All-Stars there and then seven with Samarja. But, yeah, wow. There was, the last guy was Donaldson. There haven't been a whole heck of a lot of them. 
the guys have been voted in to the All-Star game. So that's on, you know, I hate to say it, but fans, we need to get out and vote for these guys. You want to see your A's starting in the All-Star game? Go to athletics.com slash vote. Because I'm looking at Matt Olson. I don't think, I mean, Guerrero's going to get the start, but I'd like to see Matt Olson top three in voting. And then that makes it real easy for uh, Cashy. Kevin Cash will be the manager for the American League. Should we send him a text, tell him to put our guy in there? I mean, we know him well enough. Well, you know, the thing is, I, are you going to be shocked if Cash asked Melvin to be a part of the staff? No. I think that's a, I think that's a smart play. Melvin might be like, yeah, I'm going to Arizona and play some golf. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, do you want to hang on? I mean, do you want to go hang on Colorado for a few days? You, you already spent some a couple days this year. I think like, I don't you don't know if you want to go back. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, as as the West Coast guys, I much rather do that flight to Colorado than fly all the way to Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, it's a long flight. Uh, it, but just thinking about you know you're talking about the popularity. Mike Trout's one of the starters right now in the All Star game after the first round of voting. Uh, he's been out since when? And he's not going back until after the All-Star but break? he's a popular yeah. player. It's how it works. And Byron Buxton, who's been on the IL more times than he's played this year, he's the, one of the starters too. Let's not forget, that's why Mike Schmidt retired. Mike Schmidt, I want to say they were in San Diego and the Phillies, and they were going to go to San Francisco after, and Mike Schmidt was hitting, I don't know, it was like low 200s. He was awful. And he was leading the vote for the All-Star game, and he just said in season for the All-Star game, I retire. I don't think I, – I, he didn't want to be embarrassed. I mean, the All-Star game to me still means something. It still means something that, you know, you, you, you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they're going to put how many times you were in the All-Star game on your plaque. So some people can say, ah, it's just an exhibition. It's not a big deal. Anything that they put – on your plaque in Cooperstown, New York, where that plaque lives forever. You may not live forever, but your plaque will live forever. So whatever information that they put on those plaques, they're not putting WOBA on your plaque. What about ex-WOBA? They're not putting that on your plaque. Maybe someday from now, but it's hits, it's RBIs, it's runs scored, it's all-star games. It's MVPs, it's Cy Young Awards, it's wins, it's ERA. So however you feel is however you feel. I just know for me, having been to the Baseball Hall of Fame multiple times, um, what they put on my plaque matters. And when they say you're a 12-time All-Star, that means something. And you're being recognized as one of the best players in the game. So it, it really, even if you don't get voted in, that's more of a fan thing. To have the opposing manager and have them pick you kind of says a lot about what people think about you in the game. Well, see, everyone feels differently about this, and we didn't really get it. I don't, I don't think we talked about it in 2019. Obviously, we didn't talk about it last year because there was an all-star game. How do you feel about every team has to have – every team has an all-star? I agree with it. I do, too. I think, it, I think because if you're a fan, okay, I, I'm not going to bring it back to my fandom as a, as a Pirates, but if you're a fan of a team that's not any good, if you're a fan of the Arizona Diamondbacks, it entices you to watch the All-Star game if you see one of your guys in the game. If you're a fan of Cattell Marte, you're going to see him playing the All-Star game. Like, it gives you a reason to watch. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's what these people don't understand. It's an event to promote your game. It's an exhibition game. Okay, but people don't – well, that guy doesn't deserve it. It shouldn't be – no. You want every city 
in, in, in baseball, all 30, to have a reason to put their eyeballs on that television to get ratings. And as you said, if I got our one guy, if I got Trey Mancini and I'm an Orioles fan and I love Trey Mancini, I'm going to watch that game to see what he does. I mean, that's – that's. I don't – under like, like when people – they're like so – like you're so into the game. I mean, I understand years ago they cared about winning the game, but this game is about showcasing the great stars and you want all 30 television markets to be involved in the game. And for some people – like if they're, let's say the A's were bad and they only had one guy in the game, you're going to watch as an A's fan. You want to see if that guy's going to pitch. Yeah. And he, he's going to get in the game. So uh, to me, the outcome of the game really doesn't matter. And I can always, and I can tell you, I always do vacation. I, uh, I go back home to San Diego. I get a beach house and I get the smoker going. So I'm cooking during the All-Star game. So I'm watching it, but I'm not, like, hanging on every pitch. And you want to see the A's players, if they have a couple in there, you want to see, you want to see them get in the game. Uh, real quick before we get to Keenan Long, Matt Olson, home run derby, yes or no? Oh, yeah. I think that would be great. We can see two guys. What about – well, three? I mean, you can throw – we want to see Otani, obviously. I mean, Jared Walsh could be a guy that could be oh, got, home Vladdy's got 21 or 22? I think he has 20. I don't know if he hit one yesterday. He might have hit one yesterday. If he did, I he think has, he's got tw- 21. If he hit one yesterday, he's at 21 then. And what, Olsen's 18. Uh, what, um, Otani has 17 or 18. Um, how about, hey, how about Tatis this? Tatis has 19 with a grand slam he hit yesterday. How about this? Your name's Vladimir? So I, I'm searching Vladimir Guerrero right now. Who do you think pops up ahead of him? His dad? Uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh well. <laughs> well, he's—I mean—he is the president of Russia. You're, you're playing second fiddle. Uh, he's got 21. Yeah, he hit one yesterday. He—he's got a. They hit eight in the game, so I would hope he hit one of them. 1,137 OPS. He's got a 210 OPS plus. Yeah. He's hitting 344. He's got 55 RBIs. He scored 49 runs. Good for this kid, man. He is going to be special. All right, earlier today, Keenan Long from Long Ball Labs, a guy who's helping hitters find their best wood. No trees are the same. No two bats are the same. So wouldn't you as a hitter, if you have 10 wood bats, you'd want to know which ones are the best and which ones aren't? It's your equipment. Here is Keenan Long. Keenan, it is great to have you on the program. Ever since Eno wrote that story about you, you're blowing up, and uh, we've had Jed Lowry on the program to talk about what you guys are doing. Explain to our listeners exactly what Long Ball Labs does. Thanks, Chris. Pumped to be here, not just because you guys are two cool baseball guys, but also because uh, we've been pretty much in the dark on this on this project for a long time, and Eno, like you said, blew it wide open. Um, I would say it all comes down to, for long ball labs, the sheer fact that no two baseball bats are the same. Now, baseball teams and baseball players work on the idea of finding a discrepancy in the game and then exploiting it to their advantage. This is the discrepancy. No two baseball bats are the same. And what long ball labs has done is we figured out how to quantify that discrepancy and then weaponize it for the advantage of the player. And uh, that's what we've done for, as you read in the article uh, by Eno Sars, that's what we've done for, for Jed Lowry. And we've been pumped to be a part of his uh, meteoric, what, third? Third A's? Correct. Comeback? Yeah. What a story. 
And the fact the guy didn't play for two years and he's back and he looks like he never left. Uh, it, it's been one of the great stories in baseball this year. But this fascinates me, right? And after your article, and I knew we were going to reach out to you, we've been talking about you. And by the way, hopefully we'll promote you and get some new business for you. Um, but the, the, the thing that gets me, and I've asked our general manager, I've asked Bob Melvin, I've asked players, I've asked writers, how is it possible we've had a sport that's been around for so long, we don't regulate the equipment, hell, we don't know what ball we're using, now you're telling me we don't know what bat we're using. I, I, I mean, seriously, every other league, you know, whether you're deflating the balls or not, every football's made the same. Every basketball, like when the Golden State Warriors play at home or they go to Houston, they're playing with the same ball. I mean, our, our equipment right. is not regulated. Isn't that, I mean, you're exploiting that, which is great, but isn't that weird? It's very weird, and there's so much talk about the ball and the variability in the ball, and um, that's out of our control as players. But the bat that's something we can control. And that's something that we've learned from all the data we've taken on hundreds and hundreds of uh, professional uh, wood baseball bats, that that's something that we should control for and that there's, uh, there's performance advantage to be gained. And the truth is the advantage that's being gained here is it's already in Jed Lowry. He already has it. He's already creating the torque. He's already creating the momentum into the ball. It's just the way I like to think of it is he's being robbed of performance by his bat. If he's not looking into um, the variations in the bat and trying to find which bat has the best exit velocity potential for him and for his swing and for that day. So I don't know if this is true or not, and I think you're going to be the person that can give me the answer, but back in the day, big leaguers talked about the best wood would have the widest grain. Like they wanted the widest grain possible, and the wood was terrible if all the grains were right next to each other. Is that something that they have no idea what they're talking about? And now what you're doing, you're finding out that was wrong or is that still right? It's not wrong. If it helps the player, if it gives them a mental edge, it's, it's never wrong. We're, we're always on the side of players. Um, as far as the grain is concerned, I'm glad you bring that up because what has happened in the past with baseball bats, specifically with wood baseball bats is the marketing has conflated two things that are very different. They've conflated performance which is how the bat performs, how it springs the ball off the bat, and they've conflated it with durability. So bats of varying grain structure might be different in terms of durability, how many games you can use that bat, but it really has nothing to do with the performance, uh, the coefficient of restitution of that bat itself. Yeah, and, so, and there's so many different bat companies right now. Um, when you look at it, and so are you x-raying these bats? What exactly do you do? <laughs> We're not x-raying the bats. We're taking a bunch of uh, measurements on the physical properties of the bats using proprietary uh, systems and devices that are here in the lab in Chicago. Uh, we have another lab in Arizona, and then we have a third, uh, I guess you would call it like a roving lab, like it's, it's mobile so they can move around uh, and take measurements where they need to be taken. And it all comes down to the fact that, uh, as Eno, Eno put it so perfectly, no two trees are the same. So if no two trees are the same, no two bats are going to be the same. And I thought in getting with players during this, this, uh, the pandemic, when everyone was inside, getting on screen with these players, I thought I would have to sort of argue with them about the bats being different. But to a man, every single guy we talked to said, you know what? Yeah, the bats are not the same. And I do have to figure out on my own which one to swing and which one to not swing in the games. And they all have their own methods that are of varying curiosities and effectiveness. 
but when it comes down to it, you can't optimize all the way on your own. You need, you need to have laboratory equipment to figure out what is the best for you um, as a hitter. Hey, does your data say which wood is the best consistently? My data does not. I have data on the on maple, on ash, on birch, uh, but the prevailing research in this field, which is not research that I've done, but research that I'm very familiar with, has shown no significant difference in the coefficient of restitution between maple, ash, and birch. So again, this goes back to if you're a bat maker or you're a bat brand, you can't always market performance, but what you can market is durability. And that's what we've seen with the grains, the different finishes. They've done a lot of amazing things with finishes on these bats. I don't know if you guys are yes. close enough to get close and personal with the bats, but they're not the same as, as they were even during my time, which was only a few years ago. So check this out. Our pitching, our pitching coach, Scott Emerson, who's really, really bright. He goes, stop talking to me about the balls. Talk to me about the bats. He goes, <laughs> bat, bats, bats don't break like they used to. Right now, when bats break, they come like spears, and the barrel, and it's like a spike going through the air. And sometimes we see it stab right into the ground. Why are bats breaking differently now than when, than when they did in the past? Good question. I think some of it has to do with the species being used. So in the past, there was a lot of ash bats being used, and then we saw with Barry Bonds and Sam Bat, the maple bat revolution came in, and now guys are swinging birch, which is very similar to maple, and they tend to have brittle fracture. As uh, which is different when we saw maple bats break, they kind of flaked and frayed, and then the player would just discard the bat. Uh, but yeah, these bats exploding. I mean, I think a lot of it also has to do with there's more energy in the collision right now. You've got the, the pitch speeds are higher and higher, and then the guys are swinging harder and harder. So it's a recipe for for some for some fireworks. Have you ever t- uh, tested a corked bat? Have not tested a corked bat. That I know of, unless there's any brands that have sent me bats that are corked. Uh, no. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend any ball player out there to cork their bat. <laughs> now, what, 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 okay, let's say, let's say I'm going to fantasy camp. When's our fantasy camp? In January, right? All right, I'm going down to Arizona to our fantasy camp. And I go out and I buy 10 bats. And I send them to you, and only one is good. <laughs> Well, if you send me those 10 bats, I would be able to tell you that somewhere between 1.5 and 2 miles per hour is the exit velocity variation in those bats, the expected exit velocity variation for, for any hitter swinging those 10 bats. But what we would need to do is work with you in the cage after I measure the bats. I'd have to work with you in the cage to see which of those, where you are at in the range and what is optimal for you. So we're optimizing not just in the, in the lab here, without the player, we're also optimizing with the player. Like, for example, we worked with Jed remotely and did all sorts of cage testing with him to zero in on the best bat for him. And then we, we call it the golden zone. And we keep him in that golden zone um, for, the whole, for the whole season. And I think about long term, you know, if you can do this with metal bats, I mean, more people play with metal bats than wood bats. And parents now with travel ball, they have no problem – spending big money for an Easton or whatever company, and you think about all the kids in college, all the kids in high school and below using metal bats, can this technology, are all metal bats the same? Or are you telling me, no, they're not even all the same? I think, I think you can say blanketly, every, every place there's a variation, there's a chance for improving performance. There's a chance for exploiting that variation, and there is a variation. 
granted in a, in a college setting or in a BB course setting, the players using one bat for the whole season, the professional players are using multiple bats. So we have guys calling us saying, I broke my bat. What, what's next? What's the next one on my list? And Jed was great about, he actually made, he was like his own little field manager. He made like a a roster (laughs) of bats and it was really fun to be on the call with him while he had a, you know, writing out his roster of bats. Uh, but we had a, a time very shortly into the season where we got to see the, the exit velocity boost that we gave Jed uh, come to life, not just for his performance, but we actually think it, it helped the A's win a game. So I want to ask you if you remember uh, playing the, the Diamondbacks in April. It was April 13th. The A's were down by three with two men on. Jed was up with two men on. Any of this ringing a bell? He takes a 1-1 fastball at the bottom of the zone. He hits it to left center. And Peralta, the left fielder, runs back to the wall, jumps, and the ball's caught not by Peralta but by a fan in the first row. Any of this ringing any bells? He had to, uh, They it, stopped the game and did the review, and then they said it, it indeed was a home yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, it was to left field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, like I left, left center. And we've and had a Peralta lot of games just, since then, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you've had a lot of games, and uh, and and yeah. So in that particular instance. Uh, the folks at Longball Labs were jumping up and down like it was the Game 7 of the World Series because here we are giving uh, Jed Lowry uh, or finding for him 1.8 miles per hour of exit velocity, and he hits a ball into the first row, a home run by the slimmest of margins. Now, one mile per hour is, they say, approximately five to six feet. So if we're at about two feet or so, or excuse me, two miles per hour, so that's, that's about 10 feet of distance batted ball distance so that means that if he was swinging not the best bat in his bag that that ball would have been pretty easily caught by Peralta so we're already seeing in our in our first year our first season working with players that we're affecting not only the outcomes of the bats for players but potentially the outcomes of, of games and the A's ended up winning I think his three-run homer tied the game and then I think there was another homer after I forget who hit it well, well I, I can tell you this I mean I'm all into this and, and I'll tell you why because in other sports, I take golf. So during COVID and we had that break, I got back in and I realized I was playing almost every day that my clubs were like 10 years. I had like 10 year, they were like Mizunos that were like 10 years old. I'm like, the technology has improved. So uh, we're at my course that I play here in San Jose. You know, they have the Titleist, like a Titleist Performance Center. So I went there and they put you on track, man. And you start hitting irons, then you start hitting rescue and three wood and driver and wedges, and they find what best fits your body and your swing. And they've been doing this in golf for how long? So oh, why long time? Oh. Golf is far, far and away ahead of baseball. And when I first started as a bat engineer um, at Easton, I spent six years there in the R and D lab. And the very first day, that's what they taught me. They said golf is five to ten years ahead of us. Oh my um, God, my brother! My brother was talking about. My brother's a teaching pro, and he, he played a little bit on some mini tours, but down in San Diego, where Titleist is at Carlsbad, and my brother's like, God, like the late '80s, we were using TrackMan because it's different. They're, they're trying to sell clubs and balls. That's their right. business. This, but I mean, if I was a like, if I was a pro baseball player, I'd be sending you all my bats. I mean, why wouldn't I want to awesome. know what my best bat? I mean, I hope Jed's telling me. All A's should be sending you their bats, for God's sake. So well, get Jed's been great. He even, he even wore our shirt in the dugout. So that's when I knew it was okay to tell folks that I was working with Jed. Um, he has been just a fantastic uh, partner in all of this. 
and yeah, we're ready to we're ready to measure bats. We we got two labs and a roving lab. We're scaled up and ready to go. Bring on the bats. Well, yeah, and I I, I mean I don't know if we can help you, but I just think like you got a place down in Arizona where half the teams are training. You know, yeah. these guys are getting all new bats when they get to spring training. It's like, boys, bring the bats over. Let's see for spring training and heading into the season because your bets bat. I I, I I would think your best bats, like bat one, two, and three, I'm not even pulling out in spring training. I'm saving those for the start of the season. I mean, you guys could post up in Arizona and just kill it. Yeah. We had we actually had one of our clients uh, do exactly what you were saying. He We had figured out what his best bat was uh, at the beginning of the offseason. And he's instead of letting the teams order his bats when they, like you said, they show up at spring training, he said, screw this. This is too important. He ordered his own bats. He paid for his own bats, a bunch of them, several shipments. We got him all locked and loaded for the season. And he had his one, two and three bats ready. And he did not. Yeah. No need to use them in spring training. You got to be so bummed when you break number one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my best bat. Well, actually, guys tell me that they've already had experiences like that where they are bummed when they break the gamer that's the, their, their, their pride and joy, and then they have to go to the, you know, go to the box and find another one, and they're, it's never the same. It never feels the same. But now, armed with this data and with this information, you can find the one that is as closest to that as possible. I, I, I'm fascinated by this, and we, we got to do this again, and I want to help you out because I think it's, uh, it's very, your, your equipment. I mean, this is this is how you make your living. Why wouldn't you want to have have the absolute best? And and uh, it's fascinating. Uh, how about let's end on this? Is there okay? Let's say I got my A bat and I've been using it for a while. Is there ever a time where you're like, yeah, you got to switch it up? You've used it so much. I would say only if that is an ash bat and it's fraying. But these guys don't really use ash bats very much. It's mostly birch and maple. You've got a closed grain structure. And you've got that lacquer that you've seen that that finish on there. The bat's essentially completely encased. If your gamer is still good to go, keep using it. That's what I would recommend to players. If it's if it's been measured through our lab and we know it's the best one for you, keep keep going. Tell us how people can get a hold of you. Uh, we are. My name is Keenan Long, and uh, we're on Twitter, Longball Labs One. Uh, reach out to us through that. We've had a lot of players reach out that way, so we'll we'll just keep it at that. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Let's talk soon. Yes. Thanks a lot. Good luck tonight. Have a good one. It's been great. I am fascinated by it. I mean, why wouldn't you want to know what's your best wood versus what you just want to use for batting practice? Coming up next, our A's historian, as we will play a little Family Feud right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, I loved Family Feud. And I always loved how Richard Dawson was so creepy. He was always kissing everybody. I mean, it was a different <laughs> time. But he was a phenomenal host. Name that feud. He was. He or was. Family Feud. There we go. Oh, yeah, there you go. Richard Dawson. He did kiss everybody. So we have the top 10 all-time baseball cliches on the board. Yeah, we have probably even more than 10, to be honest with you. There are a lot of baseball cliches. And, and Cody, fire it up. This is the greatest cliche speech in the history of cinematic films from the movie Bull Durham. Teach me something new, man. I need to learn. Teach me something. 
Well, you got something to write with? Good, it's time to work on your interviews. My interviews? What do I gotta do? You're gonna have to learn your cliches. You're gonna have to study them. You're gonna have to know them. They're your friends. Write this down. We gotta play them one day at a time. Got to play. It's pretty boring. Of course it? it's boring. That's the point. <laughs> Write it down. I love that. All right, I'm just happy to be here. Now I hate that. Hope one. I can help the ball club. <laughs> That's good. I know. Write it down. I just want to give it my best shot, and the good Lord willing, I, things I got will that. work out. Good. I got it. Lord willing, <laughs> things will work out. out. Yep. I mean, is that classic? Oh. And it's true. Like, you know, Townie, I'm just happy to be here. You know, it's funny that from a radio now slash streaming standpoint, I've basically been the first interview for most all these guys all this year. Yeah. I mean, they'll talk to the press, and then they give them to me, and I'll be the first time that they're and, – and to watch them grow as men, you know, like talking to someone now like – when Josh Donaldson first came up to what he is now, it's 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 been fun to watch these guys. Already, are we ready to play the Family Feud? You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. I thought we we're gonna get some more music. I now. thought so too. Uh, 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 this this is a one man production crew. It's hard for me to do all of it. <laughs> you don't have the soundboard ready to go. I, with this setup, it's hard for me to play all the drops and everything at the same time. I'll do the best I can. All right, baseball cliches. Here we go, Cody. You go first. It's a beautiful day for baseball. See, I don't think that's a cliche. Bam. No. Because that's Give me it. my buzzer. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think some cliches have some, some truth to them. And I think a beautiful day for baseball. Let's play two, Ernie Banks. I think that's legit. I don't, I don't find that uh, a cliche. So that's not on the board. Wow. One strike already. All right. You know, I just, I'm just going to look at the back of the baseball card. Yeah, that one. That one's. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Back of the baseball. And we, somebody dropped that the other day. Um, Sean Casey drops it all the time. No, on one, of the, one of the athletics did. Um, it was Elvis Andrus dropped it about Matt Chapman. He said you got to look at – sometimes you have to tell him to look at the back of his baseball card. Now, is that an actual <laughs> – is that actual like actual cardboard baseball card or an electronic baseball I, I mean, card? Because now you'd say you got to go look on your baseball reference page. Right? I mean, that's what you're basically saying, because that used to be your only source of, of baseball statistics were baseball cards. And that's where that saying came from. If you were a good player, go look on the back of your baseball card. If you didn't have any time, go look on your back of your baseball card. It's a little outdated now. It doesn't have any truth, because while baseball cards are making a comeback, there is a big market going on again. Baseball cards aren't used for reference. They're not used for statistics anymore. Baseball reference, maybe. But, uh, baseball cards, no. All right, I'm on the board, baby. He's pitching lights out. Yeah, lights out. We hear that a lot in baseball. Lights out. He's lights out. He's lights out. So so we're here at the Coliseum. We've experienced lights out. Fact. Mike Fires literally pitched lights out when he pitches no-hitter. There was one earlier this year, too, and There right? was one earlier this year. But as a cliche, what does it mean? He's pitching lights out. He's turning your lights off? What does that no mean? Idea. I have no idea. He's lights out. Yeah. Well, um, one that gets abused around here all the time, and we make fun of it. Uh, he's a professional hitter. Yeah, professional hitter. So you're a Major League Baseball player. Pretty much means you're being paid, which pretty much 
you know, prerequisite to be a professional. So you are now a professional hitter. So uh, even the guys all the way down that are in instructional league right now, they're getting paid. So you're a professional hitter, you're a professional, and professional hitter. pitcher. You know, and I know where it came from. You know, they're trying to say, well, he, you know, he hits, hits like a like a pro. He hits 270 and he goes the other way and he goes the hit and run. He's a professional hitter, but that's not. He's an accomplished hitter. Maybe something more. Maybe we're legit professional hitters. They're all professional hitters except for when the pitchers hit. They're not being paid to hit and they're terrible. All right, Cody. He's a good thrower of the baseball. <laughs> See, that's just bad English. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest problem with that. Not as much as a cliche, it's just bad English. He's a good thrower of the baseball. It's like with the people in football, they always say football for everything, right? That, he, that's another one. He's a good thrower of the football. He's a good thrower of the football. He's a, he runs the football. He scores the football. It's a football move. It's a football move. Uh, no. no a thrower, that's such horrible, but horrible English. Terrible. So that is a no-go? I, I, I guess it is. I wow, I'm about to win this thing. <laughs> um, Matt, 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 um, Matt Kane, um, he was known as a horse. He's a horse. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple with the horse. There's, you, he pitches like a horse, and fielders and base runners get on their horse. Where do horses come involved in baseball? <laughs> Why do we have so many horses? Should they get on Matt Kane to run the bases? On his horse. He got on his horse. Who's getting on all these horses? It's almost like we're like Seinfeld. <laughs> How do you get horses? How do you get horses? Get horse. Why is there a horse on the field? <laughs> I don't know. Horse. I'm yeah. a Mets fan. I've never seen a horse at Shea Stadium. <laughs> He's on his horse or he is a horse. Yeah, that's a bad one. Give me a uh, I'm on there. Okay. I'm going to go about, okay, if we're going to talk Matt Cain, what's another one? Bochy's Ellie drop. He's a competitor. Yes, yes. He competes. He competes. He's a competitor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. They're playing baseball. It's a competitive game. Pretty much everybody out there is competing. I know you're trying to emphasize, but really, is he more competitive than the other guy? And if you're not a competitor, if he doesn't say you're a competitor, then you're a slacker. That's a bad description of a baseball player or competitor. I've never understood this one. He's a glue guy. Yeah, that's on there. The glue guy. Wait, 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 he's got glue on him? He's got glue. He's the glue. He's, he's Lester Hayes. He goes around. He's got stick him. <laughs> well, maybe now you need a glue guy with all the pitchers out there. Maybe that is a thing. Hold on a second. He's the spider tech guy? Yeah, he's, he's the glue guy. He's the glue guy. Yeah, you know, these guys who are good clubhouse men. Good good clubhouse guys who are glue guy. They keep everybody stick, stuck together. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> all right, Cody. Good cut. Meaning, like, when you swing at a bad pitch, good cut. Like, when you're swinging, like... No, I think there's validity in that one. Oh, come on. He's like a good cut. Yeah, that's okay. That's not a cliche. Wow, you are awful at this. <laughs> well, actually, the, the list I found online is awful. Because all the good ones we already, can't, you already used already are the ones I usually come up with. What was Oral Hershizer? Oh, a bulldog. He was a bulldog. <laughs> that goes into your horse. Naming anybody after an animal. So that's already on the board. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really hate this. And I mean, I hate this one, and it's used in baseball. It's the one day at a time. It's like can't can't we we have to talk about stuff. We have to talk about it, and we got to talk about it every day after the game. I'm sorry, I have to analyze it. I can't take it one day at a time. I need something refreshing. I got to be able to talk about like other teams coming to town and matchups and everything. We take it one day at a time here, Tony. I know, I know. The Bob game Elvis in front of you. That. That's that's the game that you play. You know, the chapter of the story is today. And then the next day you turn the page. <laughs> to what? Yeah, you always, but you know what? Look at your scorebook. When you come to the ballpark the next day, what do you do? 
You turn the page, right? You got to fill it out again. There's a little bit of validity. You turn the page. That game is done now. You're turning the page. And basically all the notes I have here go all (laughs) here, too. It's the same thing every day. Now you know why people go to the computerized scorebook. This one one could go either way. I hate when people say he's seen the ball well. Yeah, no, that's – Because are you seeing the ball bad? Yeah, that's the thing. You're seeing it bad or you're not seeing it. You're seeing the ball well. Uh, I know there's some validity to that. Sometimes you're seeing it better if you've uh, gotten some certain medication and you're seeing the ball really well. Uh, other guys, but you never hear him say he's seeing the ball bad. That's it. That's that's a bad again. It's he's seeing the ball well. Is the good Lord willing really a cliche? No, that's more of a what's the word for that? You know, sort of a gospel saying. Yeah, sort of that's thing. why I don't. I don't think that's actually a cliche. Now, I, I I love Bull Durham. It's my favorite baseball movie, but. And that is a great scene. But, yeah, I don't think that the good Lord willing is actually a cliche. But it sets up with good world, you know, good Lord willing, I'll do my best today. Yeah. You know, it's kind of what you add to something. And then always I'm just here to help the ball club. Oh, my God. And why, why is it a ball club? It's a baseball team. Why is it a ball club? Well, but you know, remember, in baseball, you have a clubhouse. In football, you have a locker room. Correct. Baseball is a clubhouse, so baseball club works. NBA, locker room. Yep. Uh, hockey, it's the room. Just the room. It's just the room. Yeah. Don't ever step on the logo in the lock in the room either. And by the way, when you're in that room, you go out, you leave that room to go play in a barn. Not a multi-billion dollar arena. <laughs> it's called a barn, barn in yeah. hockey. Yeah. And no, I'm not wearing a $200 jersey. Sweater. I'm wearing a sweater. Yeah, sweater. Better get it right. <laughs> that one confused me as a kid, the whole sweater thing. Because yeah. not growing up with hockey, and they would say sweater. I'm like, so what? That's wool? Is it cashmere? What kind of sweater you got? Yeah. It's very What's that red dot? That. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? I, I got one. Uh, it ties into your – he's a professional hitter. I hate when people go, he's a major leaguer. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was watching Stockton play, and we're watching uh, low-A baseball. So, and that goes to the other one. It's the major league pop-up. You heard that? Broadcasters use that a lot. It's a major league pop-up. Anything that goes uh, high in the air on the infield, that's a major league pop-up. And they're not going to see that in the minors, Townie. Nobody's hitting the ball like that. that. That's a minor league pop-up? Yeah, it's it's a ridiculous turn of phrase. Major league pop-up. What what does that mean? Yes, this is we're in the majors. He had a pop-up. So, yeah, technically it's a major league pop-up. You know, really good broadcasting, like in broadcast school, they want you to stay away from crutches. You know, saying the same sure. thing over and over again. And really, these cliches have been crutches for play-by-play guys for over 100 years. Yeah, and that's the problem. That's how they get into the lexicon. And then it gets repeated over and over and yeah. over again ad nauseum. And you just hear it, and you're like, ah. So let me give you one that I just, the ad nauseum that I hate. I love the Major League pop-up. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Major League pop-up. This one I hate, and broadcasters use it, writers use it, and it drives me insane. He's had good success. Okay, success is inherently good. So it's redundant. Okay. <laughs> it's good success. It's, what, does he have bad success? What, what's bad success? Now, I actually did come up with a definition of bad success that I can't say here. But, yeah, there's, there's very – it's good success. And people fall into it. He has had a lot of success. He's been successful. But good success is – it's redundant. It's success. He's had success against this guy. 
It's like very unique. Unique in its own is not a, a gradient. Unique is to itself. It's not very unique. There's not, you know, measured of uniqueness there. It's just unique. That actually is a really good one. Well, yeah, because if you, if you think about it. Um, you stink success? Yeah, well, not only that, in a, in a sport where you can fail seven to ten times and be a Hall of Famer, that's successful. Yes. So what's, what is good success? Then? Good success. <laughs> it's just success. You have success against this pitcher. He's had good success against this pitcher. Well, has he had bad success? It doesn't make any sense to me. We gotta, people got to stop saying it. There's one on this list that I found. It says he hit the ball squarely. Hit that ball squarely. Yeah, that 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 is one. Well, the way the way then the way they defined it is pretty good. How do you hit a round ball with a round bat squarely? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hit it squarely. Which goes to my favorite Will Clark cliche: hitting on the screws. That's on here too. That's all he would have, he'd say. Wow, hitting on the screws. Hitting what, on the screws. What screws are in the bat? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds illegal to me. <laughs> and the other one you hear that is is pitchers. You know, either I I had my best stuff. Or I didn't have my best stuff. All right, stuff. Well, what's what do you talk? You, your pitches. What do you what do you what do you mean stuff? So like a great example of that was Jimmy Haynes, former A's pitcher. Jimmy Haynes would go out, he'd get rocked, he'd give up seven runs, three homers, and he'd go to him in the in the clubhouse after the game for the post game interview. And every time he'd go, well, I had my good stuff. I had my good stuff. Well, what do you? You just got ripped out there. If that's your good stuff, then then you're not having good success. And usually having good stuff has nothing to do with baseball. No. <laughs> I'll give you one for pitching coaches. You need to build a house down there. You never heard that? I don't think I've heard that. So pounding the strike zone down. You got to build a house down there. Wait, you're building a, you're building a house where? <laughs> down in the strike zone you're building a house? Oh, yeah. There's pitching coaches have said that for years. God. Here's here's one. That's, and, and Ray dropped this the other day. Uh, there was a bad call by the umpire. Uh, like he called a strike, and it was typically a ball. And he said, oh, he must have reservations for dinner tonight. <laughs> He's trying to get the game over quick. He's got reservations for dinner. And you hear this like, no, why do we keep saying this? You have reservations for dinner. That means he's speeding up the game. Nobody has reservations for dinner, especially when it's a night game. We can't use this. Well, that's the – that's the, you're, you're questioning the integrity of the game, <laughs> right? I mean, you're now saying – this guy is going to call stuff that he shouldn't call just because he wants to get back over to San Francisco and go to dinner tonight. Because he's got reservations for dinner. Now, now you're kind of questioning, well, wait a minute, this is like a rigged card game. <laughs> what, what about, that's a good piece of hitting. Are, what, what about, is, is that a bad piece of hitting? Are we kind of, are we, yeah, <laughs> you can actually have a bad I know, piece but of like, hitting. Uh, yeah, that one's a tough You hear that one a lot. Uh, for a pitcher's hitting, though, you always hear, helped his own cause. He helped his own cause. Jacob DeGrom helps his own cause. He's helped his own cause. Well, okay, everybody else is helping him too, and he's pitching, and that helps us. You only ever hear that with pitchers hitting, helped his own cause. What, does he have like a foundation or something? Yes. Is that what that is? Yes, he has a Jacob DeGrom foundation. <laughs> he just helped his own cause. What about, what, 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 why is the guy an ace? What, what does that mean? Because you're number one. He's an ace? You're an ace. He's like an ace pilot. He's an ace. Like, like what is he? Ace. Maybe his name's Ace. Maybe he's Ace Freely from Kiss. You don't know. Uh, this one has always bugged me. Uh, circus catch. <laughs> I've been to a few circuses. I've never seen anybody catch anything. It's a can of corn. <laughs> well, at least that has to do with, you know, back in the olden days when the shop boy would go to the, you know, the cans were at the top shelf and he used a stick to get the can off the shelf, and he used his apron to catch it in. So he caught it like a can of corn. That's where that comes from. I did not know that. Yes. That is great so knowledge. So it actually comes from something. 
But the circus catch, I just don't. I know what they're trying to say. It's an acrobatic catch. I, I get that. But the circus catch, I don't go to the circus to see catches. <laughs> and the same thing, and this is one I hate. This is not in baseball, but it has to do with baseball. When you go to a basketball game and you'll see a full-length pass and they'll say, that's a baseball pass. How many passes do you ever see in a baseball game? Do we have passes in baseball? Last time I checked, that'd be no. That'd be no, but it's a baseball pass. And that, that one drives me and insane. And that, that gets said all the time. All the time. I, I know the what they're saying because it's an over, you know, he throws overhand. He's throwing the basketball. He's throwing the basketball. Yeah. It's more of a football pass. I'll give you a football pass there, right? That's that's a pass. Because you're throwing it to, like, a receiver. Yeah. Baseball pass. There's no passing in baseball. That's a good one for NBA. What else you got? Oh, I'm just looking at some of these. I, I didn't really look at the list that extensively, <laughs> but I'm just like looking like they have to man. I I don't hate it, but when when people say manufacture manufacture runs, well, you got to manufacture the, runs. Yeah, the, the name of the game is scoring runs, so you have to score runs regardless. Yeah, you have to manufacture. You have to go to the shop. You got some plans, and you got the equipment, and you're running. Things. Hey, you're not you're building the runs out there. You just have to get them in. Well, are you man? Are you manufacturing in a factory? Are you using exactly. equipment to have that manufactured? You got a whole bunch of union people in the back. Are, are you done by unions or is it by <laughs> drones? It is, is it by? Are Bob Melvin and, and Mark Kotze bringing the uh, Bobcat on the field? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this one bugs me, and we hear this a lot. Guy hits a long fly ball that's an that's an out, and you'll hear, "Well, if you hit that ball in Fenway, that'd be a homer." Oh, that's or yeah, you, that's on here too. Yeah, you hit that ball in that ballpark, it's a homer. Or if it was hit during the day, it's a homer. No, it was hit here in this ballpark right now. It's not a home run. We can't. We don't know. What would happen in another ballpark in another time? It's just I hate that. I, that one I just bugs me. That's a good one, yeah, because that's said all the time. Especially that was, that was back at the Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, you know, Coliseum in the day. That's way out of here. Well, no, it's not. So what do the Rockies broadcasters say? Because basically <laughs> every fly ball at sea level, you got, hey, if we were back home, that'd be out of here. Yeah, I bet you they do say that a bunch, too. I and bet. It's just got to be so old. This is just me being – me, uh, the one that drives me more, it's not even a cliche, it's just, it drives me nuts when people say Grand Slam home run. It's on my list. Grand Slam home run. It's a, it's a Grand Slam. You don't need to put the home run in it. And that was one of Bill King's rules, right, for broadcasters. There are a few things you could never say. Um, and King Korak has talked about it. He wrote it in his book. And Grand Slam home run, number one. It's not a Grand Slam triple. It's, again, redundant. It's the, the same idea as good success. It's a grand slam. Inherently, that means a home run with bases loaded. Grand slam. It's not a grand slam triple. See, so for Bill King, it was you can't say grand slam home run. You don't say early on. It's happened earlier, not early on. And you never thank him like when he says, you know, go to the broadcast the next. You know, here's Ken with the third inning. Thanks, Bill. No, you don't thank him. This is your job. You're going to work. Okay, what the hell is a grand slam? Now that I think about it, it's a home run with the bases loaded. It's a four. It's a four-run home run. Is yeah. what it technically really yeah. is. What's a, what's grand and what's a slam? But that was just the, that was just the term that was made. Correct. Right? But you see what I'm saying? It's a grand slam. What, well, what's a slam? It's also a breakfast at Denny's. Yes. Yeah. The, the other one. For, the other one for me too. <laughs> That's been around for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other one for me is. What people say, Complete come game, game shout out. out. It, it's a shutout. Yeah. And then there's this, you know, there's a couple people on Twitter who go, well, no, because you can get a shutout without pitching a complete game in only one instant. If a pitcher on the mound gets taken out before he gets an out and you get the next 27 outs without giving up a run, you will get credited with a shutout and not a complete game. It's happened in my lifetime once on this field. It was Al Leiter 
uh, got knocked. It was Neil Allen got knocked out of the game. Al Leiter came in, pitched the rest of the game. Lansford, first batter, hit a ball off uh, Neil Allen's knee, knocked him out. Leiter pitched the rest of the game, pitched a shutout. It's the only time I've ever seen it. So I've seen it once. In so the, the starter didn't get an out. Starter didn't get an out, and the other pitcher pitches all 27 outs. He gets credit for the shutout, but not a complete game. Because he didn't pitch the complete game. Right, because the other guy faced the first So, out. yeah, I, I got to – to have a guy come in out of the pen and throw nine innings when he came to the park not knowing when he was going to throw, that probably has not happened a lot in the history no, of the game. No, it's not. And it's, 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 it's so – if you say shutout, he pitched a shutout, you're – he has to have pitched a complete game to get the shutout, except in that one very small injury. So I, I, I hate the complete game shutout. I, well, that one bugs me. Well, this one from uh, Cliche says, well, we just don't like in terms and broadcasting. Yeah, that's, that's part of that. <laughs> so here's another one. Uh, rookie mistake. We hear that a lot. Uh, do rookies, I mean, I don't know. It's a rookie mistake. You're, you're a seven-year veteran. You make a rookie mistake. Do only rookies make that mistake? Well, obviously not. You're... A veteran, you made it. So it's just a mistake. Why does it have to be a rookie mistake? I know you're trying to embellish and say that an older player shouldn't make that mistake. but I Older like players one. make the same mistakes the younger exactly. players make. 110%? He's given 110%. is not good enough? I mean, you can only give 100. That's, I mean, that's all I know of. I, if I go over that, and that goes to our next one, you have to stay within yourself. <laughs> what does that mean? Stay within yourself. I, I, like I get it in my body? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not sure really what that was. Don't try and do too much. Don't try and do too much. <laughs> Stay within yourself, but give 110%. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Can you imagine how many bad football speeches the coaches give before the games that you can either try to fire people up they just have the worst cliches? Oh, my God. Stay within yourself, but give 110%. <laughs> and this, this one, I've heard this one over the weekend, too, as I wrote it down. Uh, country hardball, or it's a country fastball. Throw country in front of it. W- what is it? that's so city fastball or city hardball? It's different than country hardball. We have city mouse and country mouse playing. What what is that? Mountain hardball. Mountain hardball. Country hardball. It's good old country hardball. W- what does that mean? Country fastball with Robert Vaughn. <laughs> so maybe that's what I mean. <laughs> we're just we're just talking about Robert at this point. I don't know. That one bugs me. Uh, spring training. Every spring training, the first time somebody does a bullpen, best he's ever thrown. Best shape of his life. Best he's ever thrown. The catcher will always say, well, he's had his stuff was working better than it ever has before. That's a spring training cliche that we hear over and over again in spring training. Or you'll say here, that's the best he's looked. The best he's looked. The best he's looked. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Oh. And then you say, he plays the game the right way. That's a very overused one. Plays the game the right way. Well, you know, that's the thing. He plays the right way versus this guy, he plays the game the wrong way. Plays the wrong way. He runs to third first. It's really <laughs> confusing. I don't really understand if he plays the game the right way. It's uh I mean we see it, and that's the thing now when you when you listen to a broadcast, uh, you'll you'll pick up on it. And it really is you hear more in broadcasting than writing. Journalism has kind of moved away from it a little bit. But you'll hear broadcasters use it. You'll hear players use this stuff in interviews. Uh, and it just it will drive you nuts after a while. I still don't know what kangaroo court really means. <laughs> kangaroo. Do, do kangaroos go to court? I, I don't know. I mean, I, why, how, how do we bring kangaroos into baseball? I've never seen a kangaroo <laughs> in a baseball game. And when they go to court, do they get fined for having too much in the pouch? Is that where it is? I don't know. I don't know. The kangaroo court. This was awesome. <laughs> this was awesome. So, this was a lot of fun. So did Tony end up winning then? 
Yes. Well, right. you you so. had a couple that were just. Uh, oh, thank you. Fast money. Thank I'll you. be next time. We'll play fast money. All right, buddy. Townie, Cody, it's been fun. We'll do this again. He's a professional. He's a professional. He's a he's a professional. You know, I'm just happy to be here. Take it one day at a time. Just do what I can to help this show. Good Lord willing, whether you're keeping score or you're working on the television broadcast, you know, you'll take it one day at a time. Stay you within know? yourself, but give that 110. I'm going to give 110 percent, but you know, I'm going to. I'm going to play good old country fastball today, and it will be fine. Hey, you're the horse of scorekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound so good. Wait a minute. Coming up next, Matt Chapman of your Oakland Athletics right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the throw is going to be in time at the plate. Laureano firing a strike all the way on the And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. The A's have won 22 of 30 versus Kansas City now. They're out of town, Anaheim in. The A's are 31 and 8 when they score four runs or more. And they're 12 and 2 against the Central. One of the reasons why? Matt Chapman, your all star third baseman, is starting to heat up. Here's my conversation with Matt earlier today. He's the gold glove winner. He's the platinum gold winner. He's the all-star. And we got Matt with us here on the line. How are you? It's great to hear from you. Uh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, it's good to be heard from, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, we're playing some good baseball. We've been having some fun. No doubt about it. I mean, taking three or four, you still got a two-game lead. It seems like everybody's loose, having a good time. Tell us what the clubhouse is like. We seem to always have a really good clubhouse. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that have played with each other for a while now, and all the guys that we brought in seem to just jump right on board. But we always keep it loose in this clubhouse. Uh, you know, working hard has never been something that we have to preach here. Everybody on our team has a really good work ethic and works hard. So when you got a bunch of guys like that that care about winning and care about working hard and getting better, it makes it easy. And that way we can just, you know, you're not worried about whether somebody's doing their job or not. Everybody's kind of on the same page, and we just, you know, focus on doing our jobs and having fun. You know, Chris Bassett brought that up in the postgame show the other day where he talked about, hey, on this team, if you're if you're not pulling on the same rope and you're not working hard, you're not going to last long around here. Right, for sure. And I think it's one of those things that goes without being said. Uh, you know, the, the best players on the team work the hardest. And, um, you know, that's there's a lot of really good players on our team and a lot of guys on our team work really hard. And I feel like guys just come in and follow suit. And it's just uh, been really nice to be part of a team like this. And, you know, that's why good things have been happening because we put the work in. You know, coming back from injury and coming back from surgery, it's not easy. And a lot of people don't understand. Uh, just tell us what this whole process has been like for you. And now you look like yourself again. Definitely. I mean, it's nice to have a few good games in a row. I don't want to, you know, count my eggs before they hatch for sure and uh, get too comfortable just because I had a few good games. I've, uh, I gave away enough at-bats already this season. But uh, I would say, you know, I had surgery in September and, you know, it was a six-month rehab to where I just got cleared right before spring training started. So just uh, not a normal off-season for me. Spent every single day in physical therapy. I was going to physical therapy like, you know, anywhere from five to nine times a week and just trying to do anything that I could uh, to get myself prepared for this season and try to expedite the healing process. Um, didn't get a lot of time to build any strength, kind of had to just 
um, you know, you, you just kind of rehabbing that hip for a while. I never realized how much you use your hip and just kind of trying to get back to even this whole off season. And I wasn't a normal training off season, but you know, luckily I, I'm out of pain and I feel pretty good. I just think it's uh, about getting that trust back and just building up strength in that hip. I know the, the first year back, uh, you know, the strength is probably one of the last parts to come. And that just comes from probably a full off season of working out, but I'm extremely happy that I'm healthy and I'm extremely happy to, you know, put that surgery behind me. And I know that uh, this season was, I knew from the jump, this season was going to be a, a challenging one for me personally, just trying to get, you know, back on my feet and, you know, I hadn't played baseball in a long time, even uh, the short season. And now coming into this season, it's just been a while since I played baseball. And, um, you know, I knew there was going to be some bumps along the way, but I'm just glad that uh, I'm able to, you know, feel like myself here and, uh, show myself that, you know what, you still got that left in the tank and now it's about finding a way to just do it consistently. And, you know, my goal at the end of the day is to help this team win. And that's the, mo that's the most important thing to me. And, you know, I've been trying to help with defense, but now that I can help with the bat, it just makes me feel like, uh, you know, I'm able to contribute to this team because we got, uh, you know, a bright future ahead of us. No doubt. And to see you heat up, you see people around you heat up. You know, there's something about when the leader gets going, everybody gets in line and follow. And your buddy, Matt Olson, right now, his last 12 games, he's hitting 432, 10 extra base hits, 15 RBIs. Just talk about what you're seeing with him because it's like he's been a monster lately. Unbelievable. You know, he's gone through stretches like this before where he's, you know, just torn the cover off the baseball, but it seems like this year he's, he's had stretches like that, but then he hasn't even cooled off. He's just continued to take great at-bats, use the whole field. He's hitting the ball the other way. He's driving the ball out of the park to both sides of the field. He's hitting tough pitchers. He's getting base hits when he needs to get base hits. He's taking his walks. So, I mean, Ole is the complete package of a player. I mean, he always has been, but what he's doing this season has just been special to watch. And I think, uh, it just shows how hard he works. I mean, I, I watch his routine every single day, and he's the same guy every day. He gets in the cage. He gets his work done. You know, whether he's feeling good or feeling bad, he's always pushing himself to work, pushing himself to get better. And I think that's something that a lot of guys pick up on in this clubhouse and why he has so much respect because, you know, he's he's grinding it out, whether it's good or bad, and he's, he's putting the work in. So he, he deserves all the success that he's getting, and I'm super excited to see him have this kind of success. And, I think it's uh, he's just scratching the surface to what he's actually capable of because, you know, he's he's an amazing player for sure. Uh, Bob Melvin told us that he got to take a couple shots after the game, and he kind of gave us an idea what you guys got going. So you got a hoop, you got a fog machine, you got disco music. Uh, take us through the star of the game and the guys that are shooting and what goes on. Well, we designate a couple players of the game every single day that uh, we win. We uh, we got a little mini basketball court in our in our clubhouse. We got a pretty big locker room now that we took the Raiders locker room. So we got a we got a basketball hoop in there, and you know can't tell you guys everything, but what I can tell you is uh, is we we got a smoke machine and some lasers, and we may or may not have the Bulls uh, intro song playing um, like Michael Jordan came out to, but uh, we yeah. we got a few. We got, we got a, and the pressure's on when you get on that free throw line, you get a, you make a free throw and you're either, uh, you're either getting, it's either a celebration with everybody or you're getting completely booed out, out of the stadium. So it's pressure's on. You know, last Halloween, I bought a fog machine, 
My kids love it when kids coming up trick or treat and the fog machine's going. So I can just imagine what it's like inside. Yeah, it looks like there's a fire. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, it, it's been a pleasure to, to, to watch you get back. And, and let's just end on this. I know you talked about firing your right hip. I mean, obviously, if you don't have your lower body behind, behind uh, below you in any sport, you, you're going to struggle. Now that you're getting it back, what did you guys see? And what's this adjustment of firing the right hip? Um, I think it's just allowed me to be more direct to the baseball and just kind of eliminated eliminated another moving part in the swing. Um, I think my sequencing was a little bit off uh, with my timing and rhythm, and I just wasn't firing to the baseball as directly as possible and maybe not with as much force as I'm used to. So we're just finding different ways to kind of preset getting into my back hip and, you know, letting <clears throat> maybe trying to find ways for it to not have to work as hard to get the same results. Until well, obviously, you know, it continues to get stronger. Well, whatever you do, keep doing it because it looks great right now. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you to be healthy because you're a lot of fun to watch. And boy, you mean so much to this team. So continue being strong. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, it it's a reality. We've talked about it. And I know some callers have talked about it on our postgame show, the Ace Clubhouse show. You know, when you go under the knife and you got to go through all that rehab and everything, it, it takes time to get back to yourself. And some of the callers have made some good points about that. Hey, you guys are being a little harsh on him. You know, it's just the strikeouts were scary. And hopefully that's going to go away. Now, I don't want, I don't want all of us to get too giddy over beating a bunch of 20 20- – early 20 kids with the Royals. Bubich, Singer, and Kohar. I mean, they're all first-rounder. Well, they weren't. Kohar or Kohar? Kohar. Kohar, yeah. So, yeah, they're they're what? what? They're all in 2018. Bubich is 23. Yeah, they're all in the same draft class. Kohar is what? 22? Yeah, and, and uh, Brady Singer's young, too. And, all... and Singer just got some time last year. Yeah. But you basically beat up on three really inexperienced kids. And then the guy that the guy that shut you down was Mike Miner. Threw the ball well. Give yeah. him credit. He pitched really well. The crafty left-hander. That might be another one. <laughs> Why is he craft? He does crafts? Dude, I can't <laughs> yeah. get this out of my head. Yeah. I came in. I, I went over to Feldman for uh, for everybody listening. I went over. I said, I got a football one for quarterbacks. He really spins it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good one. What do you mean he spins it? He it, it, puts it on the ground and spins it like a – It's in his job. The – there's so many good ones when when the draft comes around, all the stuff they throw around. Uh, I, I remember I tweeted it out whenever whenever the Niners were drafting Trey Lance. I was like, I was like, here's what I want out of my out of the Niners quarterback, and I I tweeted out every good cliche possible for the Niners quarterback, and what they could do here at the pick. And it was like everything you hear on like draft shows, um, a competitor, um, a smart kid, like all the stuff you hear like Mel Kiper Jr. say and Todd McShay say on on ESPN. Yeah. Um- Moneyball with those scouts. They they have a couple of them in there. The ball, it pops all around the ballpark. What does pop all around the ballpark mean? Can't hit the curveball. Uh, I got I got it. Oh, you mean like this one? The ball explodes off his bat. Explodes off his bat? <laughs> yeah. It just explodes? Yeah. Uh, what about this one? I like guys oh, like that. They got guys. a little hair on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that see, that's not a cliche. What, well, what about what about a guy that doesn't? You don't like that guy? <laughs> you only like the guy's got a little hair. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the, the best line again. We talk about it all the time. The best line in that entire scene is when he goes, uh, he, "He's a he's a good hitter." Well, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Like that's one of the best lines in that movie, if not the best line. In the he's movie. got no confidence. What do you mean he's got no confidence? His girl, he's got an ugly girlfriend. What does ugly girlfriend mean? It means he's got no confidence. An ugly girlfriend. What's that mean? Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. She's a I'm six. Just saying, his girlfriend is a six at best. <laughs> That's always one of my favorites. Well, here's one. He throws a club head at the ball, and when he connects, it he drives it. It pops off the bat. You can hear it all over the ballpark. Since when did we start using clubs? <laughs> We're using clubs now, not what, baseball bats. What are they, cavemen? <laughs> Uh, oh, this has been fun today. Yeah. Well, we still got a couple minutes. I, I got a good buying or selling. Let me get let me get to one of them for you. All right. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Well, actually, before we get to that, um, the Angels have won six in a row. I don't know if you know that. Oh, <clears throat> who cares? What do you mean? The hey, the rally monkeys in town. Yeah, bring it on, rally monkey. Uh, you know, you know, it's powering powering the Angels offense. That ain't Anthony Rendon in that big $245 million contract, i tell you that. Well, I mean, we've had hot takes where a bunch of people are going on record right now saying the Angels are better without Mike Trout. Trade him. It ain't Otani. You know who it is? It's a former A. Nope. It ain't Kurt Suzuki. Oh, Max Stassi. Max Stassi in his last seven days. 455, three homers, eight RBI. 1,478 OPS. He's hitting 339 on the year with five homers and only 62 at bats, but a silver lining. The A's are facing Dylan Bundy in his 16 ERA. He's 1 and 6 on the year. Max Stassi, the pride of Yuba City and Yuba City Junior College, if you remember, signed with UCLA, but then ended up being drafted by the A's and taking the money instead of the education. Oh, well, I think he's what, 30? I think he's 30. So. Um, good for him. I mean, so what's the buying or selling? Oh, I was just talking about the Angels. I wanted to get that out of the way. It was I, I had it written on that. But the buying or selling is, uh, well, we are now through June 13th, and you can tell a lot about some teams around the league. The Diamondbacks, Pirates, Rangers, and uh, Tigers stink. The A's, Giants, Padres, Rays, and Dodgers are pretty good. And one team was starting to play well, the Buffalo Jays. The best team in New York? They are 33-30 and 30 and in third place in the AL East. They have several players either leading or in second in the first round of All-Star voting, including Vladdy and Marcus Simeon. Remember, Vladdy has 21 home runs in all of Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. They had eight home runs in their 18-4 route of the Swawks yesterday. They finished the series against Boston today in Boston. The Yankees, uh, well, they stink. They're 33-32. The Mets are 32-25, but they did take two or three from the Padres. The Blue Jays finished tonight, like I said, against Boston before they take on the Yankees tomorrow in Buffalo. Buying or selling, the Jays are now the best team in New York. I've been saying New York State. I've been saying that. Look out for the Jays. And I don't know. We. It was Saturday night. I was at a graduation party, and you might be able to speak to this. I didn't know. But somehow Montreal – has talked the Canadian government. Yeah, they're traveling to play the, the, the Golden Knights. Well, and the Golden Knights are going to be able to go to Canada. Yeah, it's some kind of thing they did. Yeah, yeah, was... they, they, had to, they had to come to some type of, of an agreement, 
And so this whole, because before, uh, basically Canada said, if you come, you come into our country, you have 14 days quarantine. Not the new 7, 10, 14 days. But Montreal said, hey, listen, we're not going to go and play this whole thing in Las Vegas. we got to be able to play at home. So the Canadian government, I guess, kind of, yeah. well, they're going to be in a bubble. They're going to be in a total bubble. You can only go from the – there'll be a bubble ho- hotel, right? And you can go only go from the bubble to the arena back to the bubble. Yeah, they did some kind of ex- uh, some kind of deal or something. It's, they're going to play. I'm, I'm rooting for Vegas anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, well, I can't even tell you the last time a Canadian team – I think it was the – I think it was the, the – uh, uh, who was the last team that won the Stanley Cup? It w- it's been a while. It wasn't the Blue Jays or the the Maple Leafs. Or, um, anyway, I think it was back in the early '90s. Was the last team from Canada? The last team, a last time a team from Canada won the Stanley Cup. So, um, but yeah, they're traveling to Vegas. It's so weird that they're playing Vegas anyway. The the, the Canadians are in the Eastern Conference normally during when hockey has in a normal conference alignment anyway. So I'll take the Golden Knights, even though that's not going to sit well with people. Um, with if you're a Sharks fan, because I'm being division rivals, but. Um, Vegas is I, good. I think, I think you're going to be okay on a baseball show. Yeah, that's true. I but yeah, you're gonna, I think you're safe. But hopefully, hopefully the Jays get to travel back to, to Toronto soon because they have a whole they have a whole country voting for all those Blue Jays players in the uh, All Star running. But that's all we got today because uh, we're out of time. We're going to play David Force in between here because he was he was fascinating last week when we talked to him. So before we have Ace Total Access, where you'll hear Matt Chapman on uh, Ace Total Access before. I I thought I thought I think David's good all the time. Yeah, I think we have been. I mean, obviously, we were lucky all those years doing the Billy Bean show. I mean, Bean's fabulous, right? And then, but now to have David, because let me tell you something: some GMs and they don't want to say anything, and you can't ask them anything. It's like we are very lucky that we have had uh, a great run of front office people who can get on the mic and say something. Yeah, uh, he. And he always answers every question. It's something he never shies away from it. So, unless he's uh, acquiring somebody yeah, and doesn't true. want to tell us, so we do the interview. And then his and phone's it, buzzing in the background. And in an hour later, A's have made a move. And then we'll, then we'll ask him. Oh yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah, I was talking to you guys. Yeah, I was, I was, you no, know, I was, I was getting texts. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Well, we want to thank Keenan Long from Longball Labs, David Feldman, and Matt Chapman for coming on A's Cast Live. Up next, it's the general manager, and I'll talk to you in a few. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.